Okay, so welcome to the conversation, Outspoken Opinionated. My name is Edwin Meyer, and of course, I'll be your host today. Today, we are talking about digital learning and on digital parenting and online learning. Again, I would say digital parenting and online learning. So for us who are parents and those who aren't parents, um, students all over America have gone into this virtual learning. You have schools who have gone into hybrid and schools who have 100% virtual. So hybrid is when they're 50% on campus and then they are 50% um, online, where there are also parents who are also taking their kids to daycare and hoping that these daycares have proper internet for their kids to um, go, go into the classroom. So today, my special guest is Precious Taylor. She is the founder of Cyber Smart Mom. Precious is an information technology security consultant and an educator with over 20 years of corporate experience ranging across several, um, across several sectors. Her passion is to educate families about safety in the digital world while improving children's digital wellness. And so for today, I'm going to put, I'm going to bring Precious in. And again, like I said, we're going to be talking about digital parenting and online learning. So Precious, welcome to the conversation. I've spoken yeah. opinionated. Um, today, like I said, we're just going to talk about digital parenting and online learning. We're trying to make sure that our kids are safe online. Um, as a father of a seven-year-old who's in second grade, I am juggling between my Zoom meetings and his classroom, and sometimes you really don't focus and pay attention on what they're doing. But today, uh, I'm happy that you're here, and I know that you're going to be able to just educate us, for us, the parents, even kids who are watching, just to educate us, for us to understand what we can do to protect our kids from all these predators around here. So first of all, before I start, I, they, I forgot my drink. Oh. <laughs> I forgot my drink. But anyway... Um, Precious is, well, so like I said earlier, we're going to be talking about digital learning, um, parenting, um, digital parenting and online learning. Um, for today's broadcast, um, Precious Gray, Precious Taylor, I'm sorry, will be here and she is going to be here soon. Like I said, this is live guys. So sometimes things happen. So I'm Precious back. is back. <laughs> I'm going to ask Precious, how are you doing in this pandemic? How are you doing? I'm doing good. Thank you for asking so much, EJ. Um, you know, we're living in prevalent times. A lot of, uh, you know, families are impacted. I have to say I'm, I've been blessed. Um, even though with everything that's happening in this pandemic, this has been a year of rest, right? Of year of just focusing on all of my Zoom has been my best friend. So I've been on Zoom. I think I've worked on Zoom so much that I think I need to reach out to them and see if I can get some money from them. Because that's basically what I've been doing. But working, I think, um, my full-time and then my part-time teaching also. I took off this semester, so I'm going to start in this spring because Matthias is full-time virtual. 
So that thing, I needed to get that together. But all in all, I, I'm grateful to God because I think he's been keeping us and keeping us and keeping us sane. <laughs> but I want to ask you, why cyber smart mom? Why? Um, first, can you hear me okay? Sounds a good. little bit, if you can just put it up a little bit. So that's why I like when this is live, because the villagers just brought me my drink. Oh, nice. <laughs> nice. I need some villagers. <laughs> Send this someone is away, please. <laughs> the villagers just right. brought um, my drink. Cyber, yeah, I know, right? Uh, so Cyber's mom started because um, of my daughter. So I have two little girls for, for, for your viewers that are watching. And when they were extremely young, at least in my in my definition of young, um, their grandmother decided to uh, get them uh, iPads, right? She got tired of us getting them these um, digital tablets um, that were toys, right? And after you play a couple of games, they get bored and then that's all you could do. So she got them some iPads. And um, I realized quickly that parental controls were something you had to do. And it wasn't really a thing back then, right? With the first generation iPads, there were no parental controls. You just had to, if you were tech savvy, you knew that there were some things that you had to do and you went from there. And so based on some personal experiences with them, I decided, oh no, you know, um, I started reaching out to family members, people I knew and started helping them to um, try to streamline the technologies that they were having their kids use, like the games, the tablets, um, you know, you have toddlers playing on phones. So that just grew. And then I felt that I really wanted to use this as a ministry to get out there and share with families, especially those who are not tech savvy, right? Um, to just help them to understand that there are just some simple, basic things that we can do that go a long way when it comes to our little kids. And Nadine and my, my girls, they were four and six when they got these iPads. And so, you know, they thought they were toys. Um, they were playing in a game that I purchased. It was a paid game. It wasn't a mm -hmm. free game. And uh, the youngest four-year-old was able to find a backdoor in this game. Um, it, it, you know, it was a, a question, uh, some menus, and she was able to use it to go to YouTube to watch, you know, videos for the game, but then ended up watching Barbie videos. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was shocked when I saw her watching the Barbie video on YouTube. Like, How did you get to YouTube? I thought I locked this thing down. She's like, oh, mommy, I can show you. Four years old. Okay? <laughs> Four years old. And I knew then I'm like, okay, I got to do something because, you know, thank God it was Barbie music. But what if she would have clicked on something else and see images that were not appropriate for her at that age? So that's how it started. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that's important because, of course, like I said, I think my son was probably like around the same age, four, when we got him like an iPad. Now he's seven. He has a cell phone. So he has an iPad and a cell phone. It's a lot of technology going on. And I'm looking at him like, when I was your age, what? Playing outside. <laughs> And so he, like you said, he knows how to break the game and break yeah. and go places. So I have to monitor him constantly to look, make sure what he's watching and all that kind of stuff. But um, looking at this time where parents are now giving their kids this worldwide web, everybody's yeah. logging in and they're having this opportunity to go onto the internet. Mm -hmm. 
I'm not sure how much time the parents are taking. For example, like I know for me, I don't spend that much time when he logs in to be on his classroom. And I know there are times where there are pop-up that come up and different things that come up. So how can parents protect their kids from these little pop-up and all these things that can happen while the kids are on the internet? Yeah. As if we're not, you know, as if we don't have enough to do, right? We, we have enough to do as parents. Anyway, now we got to we gotta do what I call digital parent. Um, it's, it's not just parenting like how our parents did back in the day, right? We have that now in addition to watching out for their safety in a whole entire digital world that we have no idea about. So I like to call it my three Ps, right? Precious calling three Ps. But um, of course, prayer plan and then put into practice so um the first thing in in what you, the, the the example that you give where you said these pop-ups are coming up you have to be able to there are some basic things you need to do for these devices now pop-ups can come up on any browser that you use um so before you even get to the pop-ups there are certain tools that you need you know you need to make sure take care of your perimeter you know um your perimeter is your house, your router, your Wi-Fi, whichever way you're getting internet into the house, you need to make sure that it starts there with your protection. So if it's a router, you need to make sure that you have um, your, your control set up on your router correctly. If it's not a router, if it's just a mobile device, you know, whether it's a mobile pad or whether it's a mobile phone, you want to make sure that you're installing antivirus, anti-malware, you know, something like Norton, for example, that okay. handles all of it. You want to install something like that. Norton has a mobile solution um, and you can get it for like 30 something bucks for like five devices. I mean, it's fairly inexpensive. That's the first thing you want to do. But then when it comes to browsers where most of our kids are spending a t you know tons of research for school, you want to make sure that you're installing um, browser safety tools. There's one that I personally like and I use as, adult, and as an adult and that's DuckDuckGo. Uh, if you go to DuckDuckGo.com, it is a privacy browser. Unlike Google, it does not track where you go. It doesn't track what you do. Um, and it's a, it's a cleaner browsing experience, right? And then for the kids, there are some other ones like KidsSearch.com. Uh, it's K-I-D-Z, like KidsSearch.com. There's another one. Um, that one is powered by Google. So people can use that for the kit. So for example, if, uh, and it's another one called kitty.co. So if you go into your browser, whether you use Chrome, whether you use uh, Mozilla Firefox, whether you use Internet Explorer, you can have it set up where instead of going to Google to do your searches, you can use those tools and those tools will prevent pop-ups, they will prevent um, inappropriate images, they will prevent you know, if your kid's searching for Mickey Mouse, they're not going to see some naked woman with Mickey ears on, right? They will, <laughs> they will see images of Mickey Mouse. So those are some of the things that you can do. Um, of course, every browser also has privacy settings within the mm -hmm. browser that you can use. And let me, let me just share a quick joke. So when we were getting ready to come online, I had um, on my mobile device, I did some security features and I couldn't even get the browser to log in with the mic and the <laughs> You know, there are things that you can do so that mm -hmm. so that it can prevent that. But start first with malware tools and then use those browser tools that I just mentioned within the application and it will really help.
Okay, so first of all, for I know I have these two black box. <laughs> so I know you said the router, the this. Now I'm good. I have uh, uh, the internet uh, service provider that I have. There was one black one and there was one white one. And when the lady came to set it up, she told me what the white one was and what the black one was. I'm good. I don't need to know anything else. So no, um, for parents who <laughs> don't know what those boxes are, can you help us out a little bit and let us know what this what this box is? Like, which one is the router? Which one is the, I guess, the internet? You see, I don't even know. I just know. So, so I don't know what your white or your black. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what white or black you got in your house, but um, because they can come in any color, right? Yeah. Um, but so basically, every here here in the states and in most places, um, in order to provide internet, right, for the house, they use um, whether it's it comes through the cable or whether you need a. You need a router. That's where all the the traffic comes in, and then it goes out to wherever you need it. You know, back in the day, we had to have wires running from these routers to every device. Now it's all wireless. So um, this that box is basically where all of your Wi-Fi is, um, and that's where your connectivity is. And it can be configured, even though it's not connected. You know, with a wire to your computer, you can still use your wireless connection, and and you can configure it. So the first thing you need to do, even though they told you don't worry about it, you need to change the password because the company has the password and all the employees that work for that company have the password. So the first thing, <laughs> you look at your face, what's wrong? <laughs> I got to change it. <laughs> the first thing you need to do is change the password to something that only you know. Um, okay. Step number one, you know, you have to change that password. Um, you tell the kids not to share the password with their friends. You know, if their friends come over to play and they want to, you know, hook up to the Wi-Fi, they have to come and ask mom and dad for permission. That's important. Uh, okay. You don't want to share it with your neighbor. You know, you see all these Facebook posts about, you know, sharing your Wi-Fi. Unless mm -hmm. you're cool with that neighbor, you trust each other to that extent, but I wouldn't mm -hmm. do that. Um, there's a, there's a, that's a whole other can of worms. I wouldn't do that. Um, okay. because there are other issues that can come from that, right? No matter how much of a good intention you have. Uh, so you definitely want to do that. You want to change it. And then the next step, what we talked about, like getting, you know, preventative tools to help you to keep bad people out. Okay, so we have a question from Facebook, and it's Leilene Leilene. Leilene says, can I still do this on a Chromebook that was provided by the school? And I believe that's question. the uh, that's an excellent uh -huh. question. So uh, Chromebooks, there are definitely settings in the Chromebook that you can use. Um, my, for example, DuckDuckGo, if, if that's her question around the browser, it's probably yes. yes. I believe that's um, what it is. That because that you won't be in violation of the policies on the Chromebook. But I would check with the school on what you can and can't do on the Chromebook. I'll give you an example. Um, Chromebooks, I love Chromebooks. My my girls use Chromebooks. Um, it's just easier, and but theirs are not issued by the school. Um, but with Chromebook, it's access to the internet. You know, um, pornography will be available. Um, not that they're going to go looking for it, but you know, they could click on the wrong link and get exposed to images. So so there's something called um, so you have to clean your DNS. So there's a cleandns.org. 
and they do a good job on showing you how you can in your Chromebook in the settings of the Chromebook you can add uh, and DNS are domain name, name servers um, you can add clean domain name servers in your browser settings and then what that does is it prevents um, it filters the content that's coming to your Chromebook for your child and so it will prevent pornography so you know you know you won't have to worry about that um, and that's even if you don't use like the kidssearch.com it will just make okay. sure that all that stuff stays out of your browsing um, for your kid and that's something that you can do regardless of if it's a school Chromebook or your own personal Chromebook so that's one thing that I will encourage you to do um, is it Lily yeah I yeah, I would encourage her to do that. Anything else that you want to do on the Chromebook um, in regards to other settings, I would check with the school because you don't want to go against the policy that they have uh, for the Chromebook. But that you can definitely do. Okay, her name is actually Marlene. And she said, oh, thank Marlene. you. Okay. That's great. I didn't know that. <laughs> okay. So yes, viewers. So those who are watching um, on Facebook and YouTube, if you do have questions for uh, uh, Precious, you can send the questions in and we will read them on here and she will be able to answer those questions. Okay. So what I'm going to do now is just, I'm just going to give it to you because I believe you have a guide. I want to, you know, like if there are certain things that you want to go over, how you want it, you know, what, like the different steps that you talked about earlier, but if you just want to go down certain things, how you think to educate the parents on this stuff, I'm going to let you do it and I'm going to watch you. Then I'm going to be thinking about questions. I don't want to just talk. Tell, okay, so first, before we do that, um, audience, um, please make sure you bring your questions because we want this to be interactive. We want you to be able to use this opportunity to ask questions. Um, you know, whether it's about um, digital balance, whether it's about safety tools, whether it's about, um, you know, anything you can think of, application and privacy, ask the questions. And if it's, you know, I don't know everything, I know mm -hmm. something. So even if we have to get back to you in an answer, or if you want to email me um, after the, this live, you know, definitely feel free to do that. And, and we will have all of that contact information at the end of this. Um, for those of you who are watching. So there are a couple of things that I always encourage parents to do. The first thing is to start a conversation. And I like that because the show is called The Conversation. Um, and I always say, no matter the age, the earlier, the better. Uh, you want to start talking about internet use with your children. And you want to explain to them some of the best practices and some of the things that they need to be concerned about at their age level, right? You don't need to start talking about pornography with a, with a kindergartner. Um, for elementary school, you know, you want to talk to them about privacy. Um, you want to tell them that, you know, don't give out your address to strangers, right? Don't give out um, mom and dad passwords or emails or, or you just, you, you have to keep the conversation light depending on the age. But you want to start those conversations. You want to tell them it's not okay um, to just oh, bombard in the bathroom with the camera recording mom and dad, right? Um, <laughs> they might think yeah. it's funny and they might not see anything wrong with it because they're children. They're not thinking that that might be an issue. So you want to start having those conversations early about um, using, about being a good digital citizen, which is using the internet, right, um, with respect, 
being respectful of others, even in a digital world, making sure that, um, you know, you're, you're learning what it is to be a digital citizen and that you're putting good practices in play. And one of the things that I encourage parents to do is come up with a family agreement. You know, it goes back to the pray, plan, put into place, or put into practice. So have a discussion with your child and say, hey, you know, you, we can, you can use the iPad um, and you can watch your videos, but you can only do it for one or two hours and no more. Don't come crying and asking for it. It's not gonna happen, you know, and you can only watch these type of shows. No, you cannot be in YouTube all day. Um, maybe even YouTube for kids, you know, set your parameters and then explain to them what the penalties are for breaking those rules, right? Come up with what it's going to be, write it on a piece of paper, have them sign their little name, stick it on the refrigerator door or in the, in the kitchen or in the dining room, somewhere, you know, in the family room, somewhere where everybody can see it. And that's your family rules for internet use, right? Um, and not just internet, but all of the devices. You can add television time to that if you want. Um, you know, just come up with a place. It might be something like before you go to bed for the middle age kids, right? Before you go to bed, you need to make sure that your phone and your computer or your Chromebook is in mom and dad's room or it's in the kitchen table, but you're not going to go to bed with it in your room because I don't want you sneaking to watch something when you're supposed to be sleeping. You know, it could be just simple rules like that, but come up with it, write it down, and then everybody has to adhere to it. So that's one thing. Uh -huh. Any questions? <laughs> no questions there, but I have a question. Okay. So you do have parents who have tried everything, but what is it that a parent can look for? So for example, I do have um, the malware, spyware, I have whatever, but there are some kids who are smart enough to break setting codes to get what they want to get. And they can give you that computer and you can look into it and you will not see nothing because they know what this they can do. So what is it that parents can look for or what is it they can be looking for so that they can, oh, okay, if I see that, I know exactly what my son or daughter is doing. Well, for one, it starts with education. The parents have to educate themselves. Mm -hmm. And that's not always easy to do. You know, I mean, yeah, there are courses out there. There are people you can contact like me. <laughs> but um, yeah. the first thing is, right, the first thing is you have to educate yourself. Um, and I know it's, you know, added work to your already busy lifestyle, but um, make it fun. You know, talk to your kids. If you see them uh, playing on a new game that you have no clue how they even installed it, um, instead of just getting angry, how did I think I'm on the phone, you know, sit with them spend time with them, talk about it, learn about it. They can teach you a lot, you know? Um, so that's the first thing. Parents have to educate themselves about what's out there. Uh, the second thing is, uh, in my house, there's no such thing as um, privacy when it comes to your phone. First of all, I pay for it. I'm, I'm paying for it monthly with internet use. Um, you're underage. So we have a rule back to the, to the family plan and, and ours is mom can take your phone at any random time and do a check. So this mm. way they're not prepping, deleting everything, right? Oh, okay. <laughs> you could just, it's, it's eight o'clock in the morning before school. Hey, let me see your phone. And um, another thing is nobody's allowed to have a passcode on their phone that everybody doesn't know. Um, oh. And that is important because there has to be transparency and there has to be trust. 
So um, if your child is, is one that has their own mobile phone, right, or have their own device that, and it's theirs, it's not like a family iPad or a family Chromebook or, or laptop, then you need to make sure that those rules are there. They need to understand, you know, at least up to a certain age, right? But they need to understand that there's no such thing as, you know, this is my phone. I can do whatever I want to do with it. And you can't look at it, mom and dad. That, that just shouldn't fly. Mm. So that's, that's the second thing that you can do. Um, okay. There are a lot of applications out there that I warn parents about. Um, but those are mostly for middle school and high schoolers, not necessarily yeah. elementary school kids, because at least you still have a lot of control when they're that little. You know? mm. Unlike when they start getting older and start getting more sneaky. <laughs> You know, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. because I think the kids now are so they're they're tech savvy. They know like yeah. mine can do a he's like do a, I'm like dude, calm down. Don't do that with my phone. Like he does. A, I'm like no, mm -hmm. don't I don't touch my phone. He does not touch my phone because once he touches my phone, he don't do all kinds of stuff. Program. I'm like dude, I don't even know how to get to my to call. So I, I think they. Yeah, I think that, I'm like, dude, stop. So we try, I bet that's another thing I was going to talk about. I saw this online program where they can teach kids how to code. And I was having a conversation with one of my coworkers and they think it's a good idea, but then I had to step back. I'm like, if I teach my seven year old how to code, am I, is that something I should be doing right now? <laughs> because yeah. so you like i see he really he's he loved technology he loved to know what's going on in the tech world but then i'm afraid that if i get him really exposed i might not be able to protect him from what's out there no yeah i understand your i understand your point and i understand your concern there are very good valid concerns i wouldn't worry about learning how to code um there was a i did an interview um not so long ago, but we we're talking about uh, stamp, right? Stamp program with kids. Yeah, yeah. Girls. But there, and I was, there's this, I talked about this video I saw about technology in Africa, and there was this little eight-year-old little girl in Ethiopia who programs, and she, I mean, I think she's in love with it. It's like a passion. She programs for hours a day, and she's eight years old. Um, so I don't think you should shy away from it, especially if you see that he's interested and he's showing up, um, He's showing a desire for it. That's how I started. Um, I started learning how to code. Of course, you know, back then it was in high school. It wasn't in elementary and middle school. Mm. But after I figured out that I could tell a computer what to do, it was done. It was over. I was in control. I could tell that thing, you know, what to do. I was like, yes. So, and I don't regret it. So, yes, encourage him to do it. I don't think you need to worry about, um, you know, him getting into trouble and doing things that he doesn't need to do. You know, the, the great thing about that is he has great parents, you know, mm. so you guys are doing a good job with him. So you don't need to worry about that. Um, I tease my, my, my youngest and I tell her, I said, I want no three letter agency knocking on my door because this kid is, um, she's very interesting. So <laughs> I'll share a story with her. I mean, she, you know, she's not dangerous with her stuff, but I just tease her with that. But she's very, the two of them, both of them are extremely tech savvy. I remember one time, um, her, the oldest went on a, on a trip on a, she was going to play, um, run track. And so me and the youngest were sitting in the 
car waiting and the bus was running late and we were there for hours. It was dark. It was nighttime. And my daughter is next to me on her phone watching a video on YouTube. So I look at the time because I have I have their phone set up where after a certain time, that's it. They can't, you know, nothing's going to work, at least not the things mm-hmm. that they want to work. You know, they, they, they're not going to, everything's going to lock. They can't use the apps. And so I'm like, wait, it's, it's 8.30. How are you watching YouTube on your phone? You know, it's supposed to lock. And she's like, oh, mom. And I'm like, what do you mean? Oh, mom, oh, mom, what? She's like, okay, I'll show you. This girl, <laughs> this girl took out her phone and showed me this real quick 60 second trick that just bypassed all of the parental controls for Safari. She was able to go to YouTube and continue watching her, her, her movie without it, the screen time coming on and asking for the, the parental code. And then she said, it's a bug, mom. And Apple doesn't know about it. And, and I'm sitting there. <laughs> And I'm sitting there like, well, how did you know about it? But these kids share these things, you know, as soon as one finds out and the other one has screen lock on and screen time on, they're going to share it with each other. And so I believe it was a couple of weeks later, Apple came up with another release and it fixed that problem and it went away. And I was like, oh my goodness, you got to be kidding me. But the good thing is, is we had an open, we have the kind of relationship that she could show me. This is the same four-year-old who showed me yeah. <laughs> once again, you know, with the app. So she was able to show me how she did it without worrying about, you know, getting into serious trouble, you know? So I think that's another important thing. We have to foster the type of relationship where our kids are comfortable coming to us and having those discussions. And I think for the parents who are watching, I think that's something that's very important, especially in this time where we are the kids are having this opportunity to go online and do all this work online is where you have created that atmosphere in your house or wherever it is that these kids are open enough to come and say, Hey mom, I was doing something on the internet and something came up or dad, something came up. And so you guys can fix it. But if if we are just screaming and yelling and not having these conversations, they're going to hide it. And most often it's just, it's a simple, I don't even know how to even explain that. We are all curious. So yeah. a six-year-old might see something and be like, oh, what's that? And it might keep on going. And by the time you look, that's what happens to social media. You get on one of these apps. And by the time you look, it's two, three hours. You're gone places that you're not even supposed to go. So yeah. imagine if you have these short expansion, um, uh, um, extension um, span, they can just go. Yeah. Attention. Yeah. It's very, it's, it's, it's very addictive. And some of it has life consequences. You know, there are a lot of um, some of these inappropriate um, um, images and it, sometimes it has lasting effects on the youth. Um, and so it's really important also that you, 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 you tell them. So even when you guys are doing your family plan, that's something that you can say, you can say, hey, listen, you know, mom and dad have done everything to protect you online. Um, to protect our information, for you to be responsible with our information, be respectful to others. But there might be times where people are not respectful to you. They might text you some because you you know you can set up your browser, your router, your everything. It just takes one kid to text your child an inappropriate picture, right? And mm-hmm. middle school that happens all the time. Like you just yeah. said, 
little boys and girls get curious and they see something and somebody gets, not every parent is going to be this way within, um, you know, schools. And so one kid whose parent has zero control and this kid has all the freedom might go and get porn and send it in text to your kid. You know, what, what does your child do? So you guys need to have this kind of discussions, you know, like it's okay for you to come and have this discussion with me. Um, it may be, come, let's talk about it for some parents. Some parent might say, you know, block that kid. Another parent might say, well, you know, tell the kid, sorry, don't send this to me anymore. This is not, this is not appropriate for me. Different parents, different rules, but you need to find what works for your household and you need to have those discussions with your children. So we have a question on YouTube from the Fandale Dew, and he's asking, can you walk us through how to add parental control on platforms like Zoom, um, again, Google Chat, or whatever, all these different platforms that we're currently using for yeah, school? So, so that will take us a long time to do that because um, there are so many parental controls on. One thing that I love um, now is that unlike before, you know, just a couple of years ago. Nowadays, everything has some type of control around it. Um, whether it's Zoom, whether it's uh, Chrome, whether it's all these different social media apps, but everything has some form of setting. You know, if it's your phone, you know, the digital wellness for Androids, the screen time for Apple, everything has a form of parental control. So it'll take us weeks just to get through all of them. Um, what I would recommend is if you guys want to see me here again, and there's a particular, um, maybe, you know, if it's Zoom or one app, let Edwin know. Um, and then, you know, we can go from there. Or if you have more, if you need more information, you can always find me um, online. You mm -hmm. can go to precioustaylor.com or send me an email at info at precioustaylor.com and, and we can talk over. And so for those who are watching, as you can see, I have it squirreled over. Um, you can see her on Instagram at CyberSmartMom, also on Facebook, CyberSmartMom, or www.preciousstaylor.com. And you can info at preciousstaylor.com. You can send her an email. You can DM her. You can reach out to her privately, right. and then you guys can have that conversation. But I and also have it on the screen. Yeah, and... Um you know, you can go to to in, uh, Instagram and Facebook now. Just you know, you can follow, and there already there are already tips out there on some stuff. Um, mm -hmm. So I would just encourage you to go in and explore those uh, platforms. Facebook, I think, might have a little bit more than Instagram, but um, you know, both have information. And of course, if there's something that you want you want more information about that you don't see there, you know, feel free to reach out to me. Sure. And now That's I have a, a question. question. Yeah, that was a really great question. But I have another question for you. So, you know, currently now they're asking the kids and even us to turn our cameras on. And there is this myth where they're saying that people are spying in homes based on the camera. So is there a specific software or thing you need to do for those who, like, if your camera is not embedded in your um, laptop or computer, you, have, you get a webcam. Is there something that parents can do to protect their household, their kids? from that yeah uh definitely not a myth it, it's happening okay um, there are ways there are ways that you can um you know turn on somebody's camera and watch them without them knowing 
Um, and it is unfortunate that we find ourselves in a situation where everybody's remote and everybody has to have their camera on. And I'll use myself as an example. I always have my cameras all disabled, like like mm. devices disabled, not even just, you know, taped over or have the little um, blocker on top of the camera, but I, I like disable it. But now I can't do that, right? Because <laughs> I need it on. So I have to enable it and then I'll remember and go and disable it. So um, one thing I would encourage you to do is make sure you get one of those uh, covers for your camera. You can order them on Amazon. Um, if you don't want to spend any money, literally uh -huh. get some either electrical tape or get a post-it note or something and just stick it on top of the camera. Um, the kids can take it off when they're doing their Zoom and put it back on when they're done. Um, okay. And I, I mean, that's like the easiest fix, you know, uh -huh. other than disabling the device um, inside of the, the OS settings or, um, you know, getting something that will stop the webcam and the microphone. That's like the easiest fix that anybody and the least cost effective um, step that anybody can take. And I highly encourage that because um, there are some signals out there. And, you know, the last thing you want is uh, for your kid to get caught up in any nonsense. So another thing that I, that I realized the other day was I was actually on Zoom and then I was upstairs in the kitchen and I was saying something and then what her name picked it up? Amazon. What's the thing called? Siri? No, no, that's no, Alexa. 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 Alexa picked it up. She has no respect. None. She and Siri both. <laughs> yeah. So she picked it up and broadcasted it. Wow. And so I'm looking in a sense where I'm trying to see, are there tools? It says it just turn it off. Or is there other things that we can do? Because, you know, I don't know, anything. She can just say whatever. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so Alexa has gotten herself into trouble a lot. And, um, <laughs> a lot. And as a result of all of her problem-making issues, Amazon has added more features for you to be able to control Alexa a little bit better. Um, okay. but you have to, you have to do it on the site. So you have to go to Amazon and then, you know, go to the Alexa settings and then you can, you can turn her off on, you can say, you can tell her to erase all your data. You can tell her, um, and, you know, there are different settings there now that gives you a little bit more control over Alexa. Um, it's not just Alexa, it's Alexa is, is Google assistant. Uh, it's, Siri. Uh, Siri, it's, um, Everything that's listening, it's all of your apps, you know, Facebook to this day would tell you they're not listening, but yet you get an advertisement for everything you're talking about. Um, <laughs> so, you know, yeah. So one thing that I, um, I really got aggravated, personal story, I was at the doctor's office. And um, so me and my doctor are having a private conversation, doctor to patient, mm -hmm. and I leave the doctor's office and I'm in my car and I open up my um, my phone to check my social media and I see an advertisement there for the place that my doctor is referring me to go. And I said, hell no, you are listening. And <laughs> But I couldn't figure out where because I know I've checked my messenger settings. I know I've checked my Facebook settings. 
And, you know, I always go look at the permissions on my phone and I disable what I want and what I don't want. Mm -hmm. And I know that mic was not enabled. So I'm like, okay, so what is listening? And then I remember Instagram. So it's all the same company, right? So the Instagram mic permissions were still turned on. I mean, I was like, that was like the only way that they, there's no way that that was a coincidence, right? So definitely check those things on your phone, enable it when you need it, but then disable it when you don't. Um, you know, WhatsApp, Messenger, Facebook, Instagram, you know, all those things. And, it, and, and I'm not gonna badmouth Facebook, um, you know, Google, it's, it's just every software. You mm -hmm. have to understand that anything that you're installing for free, it's not free. The currency is your data. The mm. currency is your personal data. And so um, you just have to find a way to manage that. You know, the settings is one way. Um, and then the other way is making sure you're reading all of the privacy stuff and you're opting out of what you need to opt out of. Yeah. And so with the kids, right? So now, you know, there are kids on different platforms. So you have an Apple, the other person have Google Chrome, they have all these different things. It's let's say, for example, in my house, are these softwares that protect this com these computers compatible with all the different platforms? Some like of them are. Like mm -hmm. the Norton one I just told you about, it's, it's, it's for everything. Um, okay. I, I don't know. I have to, I have to say I've never tried it on Apple. Uh -huh. I don't think I have. Um, but I have installed it on my Windows. I've installed it on a Chrome, Chromebook. I've installed mm -hmm. it on my, my Android phone. Um, I, I, I'm sure it's probably applicable, uh, uh, um, applicable to iOS, but I'm not sure okay. for certain. I haven't tried it personally, so I can't, I can't say that. So for these parents who say, you know what, I can't afford it. I can't afford $30 to protect my child from whatever's going on. Are there places, are there organizations, or are there places that will be able to give them these softwares to help them to protect them from the crazy people out there? First of all, you got thirty dollars. <laughs> I got. $30. I know I got thirty dollars. <laughs> you have five devices for thirty dollars. You got thirty dollars. But um, even if you don't, I mean, there are some some. I just told you about free software. <laughs> there are yeah. some free software out there um, that you could use. I don't know that I would recommend them, but um, you know, you're the expert, so. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I don't know that I would recommend them. So this is another thing, right? So last semester, I remember when I was teaching, I had a couple of my students who will go to like cafes. And this is a good thing because you get this free Wi-Fi. I have tried it before. And I remember my phone, when I used to have another phone, not the phone I have now, my phone crashed. Because I logged into a free Wi-Fi somewhere and it messed up the whole thing. So there are people who don't have internet and they are going now to these cafes or driving closer to these places so that they can get this internet service so that kids can be able to log on to these free um, computers that are giving them. So what's your take on it? These free free Wi-Fi at everywhere. Um. So my kids learn very very early extremely early because their iPads didn't come with the, you know, it wasn't the type of iPad that you buy through the, um, the internet service provider or the oh, okay. 
so it didn't automatically have data so they could only use it on the wi-fi at home so you know they wanted to jump on every wi-fi out there and they learn like super duper early you do not connect to a public wi-fi that was a rule that we had you are not allowed to connect to a public wi-fi especially now without telling mom so um you have to be careful because you know, you're on there and other people are on there too. And not everybody that's on there is just using it for checking email and Facebook, right? They're on mm -hmm. there because they're trying to collect some information. Um, you know, they might know where you work and trying to figure out, you know, get some stuff. So yeah. um, you just have to be careful. If you have a, if you absolutely have to do it, especially nowadays, you know, where, um, you know, things are, things, things are difficult for a lot of families right now. I would just make sure that you're using like a VPN. It goes back to spending some money again, but um, you know, like Norton comes with the VPN. So I would, I would just encourage you to um, make sure you're not sending any private information over the internet when you're connected to these devices, I mean, these Wi-Fi's and make sure that you have um, like a VPN installed on your laptop or that you have some firewall protection. Um, something again, Norton is not the only tool out there, but I'm just keep using it. I personally use it. I, I mean, they don't pay me anything to say this, but, um, but, I, <laughs> but I use it. So just make sure that if you're doing that, um, if you're connecting to public Wi-Fi, that you're taking other steps to make mm -hmm. sure that you are not opening up yourself to getting hacked, um, you know, somebody pushing malware onto your device. <clears throat> so you just want to be careful about that. I, I'll share a joke with you. Uh, we had, um, we had a, uh, I attended a cybersecurity event. This was several years ago. Um, and it was this huge event in DC. And, um, oh gosh, what is his name from Shark, from Shark Tank? Um, I can't think of his name right now, but he was one of the guest speakers and um so it was at a hotel right and so all of the guests that were there could use the hotel wi-fi you know they had the password and stuff that are free to use and he went and set up um his own hub and he oh. named it um after the hotel and he literally had like 200 people connected to it <laughs> And it was it was an experiment, and those two hundred wow. people failed miserably because it was not associated with the hotel at all. It was his own personal. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. So that's just another example that sometimes you might see Panera and think, oh, you know, this is the Panera Wi-Fi. Yeah. And it's not. But a lot of a lot of um, public Wi-Fi's now have a policy. So when you connect to it. It will pop up in the browser to say, you know, you're on this this mm -hmm. establishment's Wi-Fi, and you need to, you know, either put your email address in there yeah, or just yeah. say you agree to their policies that you won't do X, Y, and Z. Um, but yes, yeah, so that was a good learning lesson for all those people who connected. So, so let's talk about password. So I'm the person who have one password for everything. <laughs> it's Everybody easy, I know. It's easy for me. So let's talk about password for the next few minutes. What? So I know people who have 25 different passwords. I can't remember it. So what is it about password? Because I know me and my son is fussing right now because 
He don't want to have one password for everything. I told you he, he said no. Yeah. No, he's like, no, I can't have one password. Daddy, I why? love it. Really? I love I remember it. this stuff. So what is, what is the best thing to do when it comes to passwords? Uh, write it on a piece of paper and stick it on your monitor. No. <laughs> no. Somebody go see it. I'm just teasing. I'm, I'm just teasing. Um, yeah, I know. <laughs> Having one password just makes life easy. Um, but it just takes, it literally just takes one um, incident where somebody's database gets stolen and all the information in it and there goes your password. Mm. Um, you know, Verizon, Equifax. I don't want to start naming companies, but so many companies out there mm -hmm. have been um, hacked, right? And information has been stolen. And, um, you know, your little password could be <laughs> could be in there. And, yeah, and if really one that. password everywhere, mm -hmm. uh, you know, it just makes life easy, you know? Right. And if your username is the same, well, you already know it's the same American same. <laughs> so so that's 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 why you don't do something like that. Um but you know make sure your passwords are you know before we used to say eight characters, now we say 14 or 15 characters. Make sure it's at least 15 characters if if wherever you're using it has that capability. Some people still can't accept 15 characters. But um <laughs> Make sure, make sure it's complicated. You know, make sure you have um, numbers, caps, lower, uh, lower letters, um, special characters. If again, um, wherever you're registering will allow for those. Most people have their syntax and what they accept and what they don't accept and what the requirement should be. Make it a phrase. You know, maybe you don't want to remember something wrong. Make it a phrase. Make it a sentence. Mm -hmm. Something that's not easily guessed. You know, don't make it. I am EJ born this day. <laughs> or, your, or your address or your kids' birthdays and names or a combination of the stuff. Um, try to make it complicated. But there are there are tools out there now, uh, password tools that are mm -hmm. like vaults, right? Um, yeah, someone told me about that. Yeah, so there are password tools that um, like little mini vaults. And basically what that means is it's like, um, just think of it as your own little key that just holds a bunch of other keys, right? And then your passwords. Um, the only problem is if you forget how to get in there, you lose all of those passwords or if somebody else gets a hold of it, then they have all of those passwords. But this, and there are some that would generate a password for you, um, but, but please don't just have one password for everything. Um, oh. if, if nothing, you take anything away from the whole password thing is, don't, don't have this one password and don't write it all down in a no. notebook. Password, my password. One password. I can remember one, one per entity. <laughs> I, listen, I, I, I can relate. I, I can relate. But, um, you know, there's a website. Uh, let me pull it up so I can make sure I'm telling you guys where to go. It's called uh, Password, what is it, Pawn Me, Pawn something. Um, I can't think of it right now. I'm gonna send it to you so you okay, can. Okay, I can post it. I can post it yes. when we upload yes. it. Exactly. If I mess on my phone, I don't want to. I don't want to exit out of this. Oh, but okay. you can go to the site, put in your email, and it will tell you if your email's ever been breached, and it will tell you when 
and with what company and, you know, what time. And so you will have a very good idea on the password that you use for that account. Oh, wow. You need to change it and you need to change everything else. Yeah. So. Well, but this has been great. You won't believe it, but we almost made it to our one hour mark. Wow. Uh, yes. That was quick. That's what I always tell people. And this is what I tell you guys. So remember those who are watching, I told you guys we have something good for you guys. So for those who are watching, Precious Taylor is giving 50% off to you guys for a personal consult consultation for you and your family. You will have to log on to www.preciousTaylor.com to sign up and use the passcode. The coupon is Deconversation or Conversation. B conversation. B conversation is the coupon code for the 50% off. And when you get that 50% off, you better let me know because we all need to do this together. So I need you guys, again, like I said, Precious is uh, um, on Instagram. She's on Facebook. You guys, I put the banner up and I'm going to put the banner up again so you guys can see it on Instagram. She's Cyber Mom. She's Cyber Smart Mom. Facebook, Cyber Smart Mom. And then www.preciousTaylor.com. You guys, this was great. This helped us to understand digital parenting and online learning. This was the conversation, outspoken and opinionated. We had our guest, Precious Taylor, who helped us out. I'm going to run upstairs now to change all my passwords. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do. And I'm going to make sure I know what's up. <laughs> make sure I know my Wi-Fi password and everything because it's crazy when people come visit you the first thing they ask, can I have your password? I'm like, no, you can't have my password. That's my password. For my Wi-Fi, but if you're not looking into that, companies are also giving out that like, you have the, the Wi-Fi for the house, and then you have a guest Wi-Fi also. So that's what uh, we're working on that. But if you like, you know, everything, yep, everything change now. Password, change the password for both. Make it yeah. different so that when your guests come, you can give them the guest one, and you have yours. Yeah, they have the one. So I'm gonna work on that. But we want to say thank you so much to Precious for all the information that she gave us today. This was great. I've been doing pressure since I was probably this high. <laughs> Don't so make this, me sound old. She's been doing me since I was this high. So this is amazing to have her on this platform to just educate us as parents and even those who are just caretakers or whatever you do with kids who are going through this whole virtual education yeah. time. So again, you can reach Precious on Instagram at CyberSmartMom. On Facebook, Cyber Smart Mom or www.preciousTaylor.com. I say thank you for watching the conversation. I've spoken on Pinonated. I am your host, Evan Meyer, and you all have a good day. See you next week, Thursday at 7 p.m. And trust me, next week, Thursday is going to be juicy because it's going to be all the tea. We're talking about tea. We have a huge icon who's going to be talking about the tea. Okay, guys? So I see you next week and have an amazing rest of the week. And bye, bye, bye. Thank you for having me.